0: Welcome to the Haber Show. Hope you all are staying safe out there and doing okay. I've been unofficially self-quarantining here in Charlotte for about 14 days, but my guest this week has been doing that longer. His name is Michael Roll. You might know him from UCLA Bruins Basketball, going to three Final Fours with the likes of Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, and Drew Holiday. He's currently in Milan under contract with Olympia Milano with his teammates Louis Scola. And Sergio Rodriguez, Michael, and his wife are expecting their first child in early May and dealing with the coronavirus outbreak in Italy. The city is in lockdown. He shares what that's been like what being in Milan where this crisis has taken hold a little earlier, about a week or so, maybe even a month ahead of what the United States is dealing with now. He also shared what he thought about the NBA's decision to shut down. And he gives a scouting report on a lighter note about his UCLA teammates and what he thinks of Russell Westbrook's rise in the NBA. Also uh, just a reminder, we recorded this on Monday afternoon, March 23rd. So keep that in mind as this story evolves. So without further ado, Michael Roll. Michael Roll, UCLA great, currently playing for Olympia Milano. Well, I guess not currently playing, but you are in Milan. What is it like over there in Italy, which seems like a week ahead of the United States in this coronavirus crisis?
1: Yes, currently in Milan, Italy, on the roster for Olympia Milano, as you said, but uh, with the The basketball suspension pretty much around the world Um, nobody knows what's happening Um, I'd take it even a step further I'd say we're probably a month ahead of the United States Italy as most know is um, well ahead of the curve of other countries we've been hit really hard and Milan has been a red zone pretty much for three weeks now almost a month and it's just been very drastic
0: you say a month because I'm looking at the schedule here and I see that you guys had like a, a game March 5th, I want to say. Like your, your last mm-hmm. game before the season was canceled um, was March 5th. Yeah. Uh, the, in the United States, that that date was March 11th. And uh, so in terms of those closings, it's a week behind United States. But would you just say that the, the – the outbreak is just a month ahead of where the United States was.
1: Um, well, I guess I'm referring more towards um, Italy, um, not as opposed to Europe. So Italy, we played uh, a couple of days even before that against Real Madrid. We were behind closed doors. so they didn't let any fans in, and Real Madrid actually flew in the couple hours before the game because they did not want to be here and they didn't want to spend the night before they wanted as little human interaction as possible so they flew in only a couple hours before the game played the game and then flew right back right after so we have in in milan we had been experiencing these problems before that game so yeah maybe the the game that you're referring to was a a week ahead of the nba schedule but we've been a little bit ahead of that even
0: you've been pretty vocal about people in the united states your friends back home family back home the need to quarantine on your twitter account mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what what made you so ahead of the curve uh compared to everyone else that here in the states of what was it that that really convinced you you need to be more vocal about the, this taking this seriously
1: yeah you know when i first found out about it you know i think everybody their first reaction was more towards the lines of Okay, it's like the flu. Everybody, even if you get sick, you'll get through it. But being here in Milan and, and seeing how the population has had a problem with it, not necessarily just from being sick, but with the numbers that so infectious, the healthcare system is getting overrun. And that's kind of more or less the, the problems more so than the actual sickness. For the people that do get really sick, there's just not enough hospital beds, not enough doctors and nurses, the ventilators. So all these requirements that they need, it's just not able to handle all these bodies.
0: Do you have a sense, do you have any friends or people you know that have been to the hospitals in Italy?
1: No, luckily I have not. I know a couple of people who have gotten the virus, so they've just self-quarantined and they're closer to my age. So it's been a, a brutal week for them, they said, but other than that, they were able to get past it. Um, but luckily, I don't know anybody that's have to go to the hospital.
0: So you self quarantine for how long? How many days is this for you?
1: <sighs> so when we found out that a player from Real Madrid got the virus, we had played against him one week prior. And so they told us we had to quarantine another eight days in our home. So that was a, 10 days ago. So I, I did the self-quarantine of eight days. Didn't go outside, didn't anything. And then once that, that date passed, pretty much I've only been to the grocery store since I've gone running a few times, but even then two nights ago, um, they've outlawed the running and the walking here in Milan.
0: So it's complete shutdown. Like, like here in the States, if, if I wanted to go for a run, I can do that. And you know, the state of North Carolina right now is not in a shelter in place, but I'd imagine this is going to be our near future soon. What's it like?
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) It's, I don't know. People always like talk about, you know, what it would be like. Oh, if I could just not work and just stay inside and watch TV and relax all day. You know, you be careful what you wish for, because so many days of it, it it's brutal. Um, I'm on, like I said, day 17 of just really being in the house. And I think I have quite a few more ahead of me. So uh, you just try to find as many things you you can do as possible and. Uh, for me, you know, I, I love exercise, I love getting outside, and obviously I love playing basketball, but not being able to exercise and sweat, and that, that's been the hardest part for me.
0: Yeah, you play with Luis Scola and Sergio Rodriguez there for uh, Olympia Milano. Have you been on like, a group chat with the team, and how are the spirits with your teammates, <clears throat> and what was it like finding out that another player that you played against had the coronavirus?
1: Yeah, so when we were actually in a team meeting um, discussing what our situation was, we took a break, uh, a 10-minute break, and then we were going to come back and finish. And then during that 10 minutes was when we found out about the Real Madrid player being positive. So that added to everything, and then that's when the doctors and the, the brass for the team told us that we had to go home. We couldn't do anything and just go straight home. So ever since then, yeah, our only form of communication has been the WhatsApp group chat for for all the players. Um, We're trying to stay as light as possible, sending as many jokes. Uh, Anytime some new information comes out about the season or who's positive or, or really anything affecting us, we send it. So that's probably one of the few things that's been keeping us sane.
0: Have you stayed in touch with some of your UCLA teammates that are playing in the NBA and keeping them abreast of like how things are going in Italy?
1: I usually just keep in touch with them in general, uh, see them more in the summer. But ever since this coronavirus has come out, I haven't spoken to them about that. Uh, I'm sure they you know, are well-directed from their own teams and medical staff, so they're on top
0: of that. When you saw the news of the NBA shutting down, what was your reaction?
1: I thought Adam Silver did a great job. Um, really, he's been so proactive and forward thinking about so many uh, topics in the NBA, and he did it so quickly in my eyes. You know, in Europe, it, they took forever, they dragged their feet. It just the decision was later than it should have been, I thought. But Adam Silver was quick, and especially with the whole March Madness thing right around the corner at that time, I feel like everybody kind of took his leadership and went with it.
0: What was the tipping point for Serie A and uh, Euroleague to shut down?
1: Um, So, okay, so we played Real Madrid at home with no fans. And then we went to Valencia two days later to play another game, Valencia-Spain. No fans there. The uh, Spanish government didn't allow it. So then, the following week, we were supposed to play a home game against a Greek team, Olympiacos. And two days prior to that, the Greek government banned all flights to Italy. So that threw them a wrinkle in the travel. And we didn't want to play the game because we didn't want to have to leave the country and then maybe not be able to get back in. Nobody knew about the border situation. And if somebody from the team were to get the virus while we were gone, then we would have to quarantine away from our families for 14 days. So it was a disaster. The EuroLeague came up with the idea that we were going to play the game in Berlin, Germany. So it's neutral for both teams with no fans. Neither team was happy about that. And even the day that Olympiacos traveled, the game was on a Friday. They traveled Thursday morning. We we elected to only travel on Friday to do just a quick in and out. They had already flown to Berlin. And then we saw that the NBA had uh, put their season on hold. And so eventually the EuroLeague was forced to do the same.
0: So even though there were positive tests in your league, they continued to play? Yes. Wow. What... What was that like for to be a player and realize the players I'm playing against might have the virus?
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> scary situation. Yeah, uh, nobody obviously doesn't want to, uh, you know, come down with this. But it's a contractual dispute. You know, yeah. a lot of people were talking about the money. Uh, you know, are we going to breach contract if we don't go? There were just so many questions nobody had an answer for. And nobody was really willing to step up and make that call before um, the first person did it, you know? So that's why I said the Adam Silver thing, he was so quick with it. I felt like every other league, even around the world, kind of had to follow suit.
0: What was it like playing in empty arenas? Because here in the States, the Golden State Warriors announced on Tuesday, the 9th, that they were going to play, or sorry, Tuesday the uh, 10th, that they were going to play their Thursday game against Brooklyn, which turned out to be uh, Brooklyn had four positive cases, including Kevin Durant, who wasn't going to play, obviously, in that Thursday game. But on Mm -hmm. Tuesday, this is how quickly it went. Tuesday, it was huge news that the Warriors were going to play in an empty arena on Thursday. And then by Wednesday night, everything was shut down. And so we actually, in the States, we didn't get a chance to see what it would be like to play in an empty arena. And you played at UCLA, so it's not like you were playing empty arenas in college. Uh, So what was that experience like? Because here in America, we were joking that you hear all the trash talk and the the referees' conversations with the coaches and all that stuff. But what was it like playing in an empty arena? for uh, How many games was that? I think you said maybe two games that was?
1: Yeah, two EuroLeague games, it was strange, really bizarre. Uh, so a, a situation that, you know, not many athletes have been a part of. It just kind of took the feel out of the game. It was completely different. Every, every bump and slap that you might get away with, as is normal, <laughs> that's covered by, you know, the screeching in the shoes and, yeah. the, and the fans being loud, those you can hear the, them. And so the referees are forced to call more things. Um, not to mention, you know, what the coaches are saying, when they're yelling at the referees, when they're yelling at the players, what plays they're calling. I mean, even that, you kind of have to whisper to the point guard during a free throw so the other team doesn't hear. And then you got to communicate to the other four guys on the court.
0: Yeah. So uh, your coach is Ettore Messina, who who is a longtime assistant for, for Greg Popovich and just signed to be the coach for Olympia Milano. What... What did you guys do more hand signals? Like, did you have pregame discussions about how to uh, how to make play calls without calling them out?
1: Um, Luckily, we kind of just we play with a few. Chacho Sergio Rodriguez, our point guard. You know, if he's going to call something, he'll give us a quick flash of the hands, and we kind of just show that around to the other four guys and just try to catch it quick. But we our system is so that you know, whatever one player does, we know how to react and yeah. we're going to just keep playing with that. So luckily in that case, it wasn't like every time down, we had to call a play. Um, so at that point it was just making reads and playing basketball.
0: So are you in Milan by yourself? Or do you have family or uh, are you living here, by yourself? I'm here
1: right now in Milan. Uh, my wife, uh, she's expecting our first son uh, due May ninth. So um, that kind of put a wrinkle in the, the whole travel situation for us. Um, about a week ago, the team allowed players to return home if they wanted to, to be with their families. And with my wife being so far pregnant now that we are not able to fly. So we're here for the long haul until the baby's here and we're just going to stick it out.
0: Wow. Wow. So you're, you're, uh, you're there with your wife in Milan and you're about a month and a half away from your due date. Is that right? Yeah, about, about six weeks. Oh my goodness, So you must be just in a, in a weird emotional state right now. I mean, like the, the, the excitement of having bringing your first child into the world, but also the uncertainty of like, wh- what, what will the hospital be like and all that? What kind of precautions are you taking or anything like that?
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing uh, we, we've been preparing for it. Uh, we, my mother-in-law, she was planning to come out and be with us. Obviously she can't now. No, uh, no flights allowed into Milan. And especially back home, you know, the the coronavirus is really spreading, so we don't want her to travel for her sake as well. But uh, with the hospitals being so overrun now, like I had mentioned earlier, um, they're not allowing partners to be in the hospital for the birth. So I'm really hoping that this thing starts to die down uh, so I can be there for the birth of uh, my first child. So I'm, I'm, I'm really praying for that.
0: Wow. I can't imagine what that's like. I wonder, is there, is there alternative Uh, home births or anything like that that you guys have investigated?
1: Actually, yeah, two days ago that that, uh, topic was brought up. So we've been uh, checking into it. That wasn't the plan. Uh, We really liked our doctor along this whole process. So it's throwing for us a pretty big wrinkle right now, but hopefully we'll come up with a good situation.
0: So when you look at the city of Milan for people who don't know, what is it like being in Milan? And certainly, you you just signed with the team, so you haven't been there for a few years. But the size of Milan, or just the culture of Milan, and and how quickly things seem to change for for the city.
1: Yeah, uh, it was uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been really, honestly, a roller coaster. When I first signed, you know, I'm I'm thinking Milan, Italy. Oh my gosh! Like I never really. I never spent any time there besides the game. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited at the time. Um, just you can think it's going to be a great time. You know, good restaurants. Uh, not that I'm going to be going out because my wife's pregnant. So we're going to be having a good time. Maybe keep it easy in the evenings. And then she's going obviously going to love the shop this year. Yeah. So that was good for the first couple months. And then this started to come along and, Ever since then, it's really been a ghost town. I mean, even most of the metro stops are closed. Um, There's nobody outside right now. There's only people delivering groceries and sometimes food from restaurants. You kind of see police patrolling around because they don't want anybody in the parks anymore. And it's something that I've never experienced, obviously, and especially for this city with a couple million people, it being so extravagant and have such a good name that... um, I think it's just an unprecedented moment in, in history.
0: Yeah, we're looking at uh, Milan is a is a city that I think the census has it at like 1.4 million people, which is about this, the population of Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. So people at home might not know, but Milan's I think it's the second biggest city in terms of population in in Italy, and it's the business hub okay. of Italy, and it's in the Lombardy region, uh, northern region of of Italy, and that's kind of where. The, the the spread occurred in Italy and um I can't imagine what that must be like is to sign and you were in Tel Aviv last year uh last couple of years and then you signed with, yeah last two yeah and then you signed with Milan and then this happens um right kind of down the road right like the the first Lombardy region was the the patient one or so to speak right
1: yeah pretty much that's where it started.
0: So. And then the city of, I mean, the city of Milan, of course, is is huge, but this, the country of Italy is 60 million people. So for people at home in the States, that's the combined population of California and New York, the state of California and New York. So the entire country shut down and now you're describing kind of a police state where they're monitoring people coming to and from their, their homes or their apartments. And I guess no one is allowed to really be outside unless you're going grocery shopping.
1: Yeah, you really have to have a reason, a, a very good reason to be outside going to do something. Um, they were a little bit more lax the last week, maybe even two weeks going back. But um, I think it was two or three nights ago, Prime Minister went on TV and, and shut all that down. So they're really trying to get on top of it and flatten the curve is the the word that you hear a lot Yep. Um, to you know, slow the death down, slow the spreading down, and really just do everything possible. I mean, you don't even see people outside um, hanging out or even talking, it's either maybe walking the dog just right downstairs so they can use the bathroom, or getting groceries delivered to you.
0: Now, I've seen a lot of videos of, of tenors and sopranos singing in on streets of Italy from their balconies. Is mm-hmm. that happening all around you, or is that just in, in certain areas?
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, about a week ago, I was uh, I was on a walk with my wife, and we saw somebody out, out on their balcony trying to do that same. You know, I'm thinking in my head, oh, this person's trying to go viral because <laughs> you see that so often. No, but um, yeah, in the other Italian cities, I I really think it's like that, and uh, they're just trying to make the best of the situation.
0: So, what is your best estimate that you next time you're going to be allowed to go outside freely and not be? Brought up by the police or stopped by the police. What is your best guess sure. over there in Italy?
1: I'm thinking another two weeks. Yeah, just just to be able to go outside and freely. I mean, I think after this, most people will kind of be on the cautious side and, and still only do the essential runs at that point.
0: Now let's talk more lighter things. Russell Westbrook, what was he like at UCLA? Mm-hmm.
1: He was uh, super athletic. <laughs> he was a little bit uh, like a puppy dog. You know, he was very long. Uh, a little bit skinnier at the time, a lot of bit skinnier at the time. Um, he was really coming into his own, trying to figure out how he could use his length and his athleticism and put it all in into his game. You know, he didn't really play the point guard until uh, Darren Collison got hurt. And that was the best blessing for him to slide over to the point guard and really just use his ball hawking ability on defense and yep. get out on the break.
0: And Kevin Love, he looks a little bit different now than he did when he was your teammate.
1: <laughs> looks a little bit different, uh, but the game is the same. I mean, he was really a dominant monster down low. I remember we played uh, Stanford. They had both the Lopez twins, and his stats were better than both of them combined, and they, you know, they were double teaming him. He, he was just unbelievable that year.
0: You played in three Final Fours. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was a really good time for me and for the school
0: yeah it seems like uh those those runs by UCLA I mean you had I think I think like your starting five one year was like all five NBA players it was just nuts I mean you had ba Mute, you had Kevin Love, Darren Collison, Drew Holiday I mean a, just a loaded loaded team
1: yeah it seems like every year they had a recruiting class that was minimum two NBA guys
0: that's crazy. And then you uh, you played in the Final Four again. What was your favorite Final Four memory or your favorite team, the best team that you thought you had at UCLA? Because I think you lost to – you played Derrick Rose in Memphis one year.
1: Yeah, so we, we ran into Florida the first two years when they won it back-to-back. Uh, Joe Keem and Al yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, we lost to Memphis the third time. I think that was in the semifinals.
0: Man, Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. So you were playing against – those, like, the best, most athletic point guards, like, we've ever seen in the NBA.
1: There's a lot of talk about Russell going to the NBA at that point. Nobody really knew. He came out and had an unbelievable game. He was one of the few guys who could get in the heart of their defense and attack their athleticism, and he held his own, if not more, and, you know, he played great, and after that I was like, okay, Russ is (laughs) a lottery pick for sure, if not top five.
0: So when you look at uh, your career, which player had the most surprising NBA turn that you had, like their their careers, where you were like, wow, he really maximized his abilities. got to be Russ, right? Because Russ, if you, if you asked Sam Presti, the GM of the Oklahoma City Thunder, he'd tell you he had no idea that he was going to be this good. I mean, he thought that it was a good pick, obviously, but the, mm-hmm. the ability that he showed at UCLA, the raw ability, of course, but who do you think maximized their abilities from when you played with them to, to now?
1: Yeah, I would say Russ, and that's That's not any discrepancy towards like what he was before, but his ceiling right now, I mean, how he's played average triple doubles, uh, Olympic gold, NBA MVP. I mean, that's that's some unheard of stuff. And I'm not sure, you know, many people recognize that that was going to happen, but just seeing his work ethic at the time, you knew he would be special.
0: Yeah, now the Houston Rockets are playing. I keep saying now. It's the league of shutdown. Uh, we, we, right before the the season shut down, it was amazing to watch Russ's transformation. I guess playing in a five-out system. How many shooters did you guys have around Russ, uh, including yourself? But how many shooters did you have around Russ? And now in today's NBA, it's kind of obvious. You're like, oh, yeah, surround that dude with shooters. <laughs>
1: Not enough. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, the game was different even back then when I was in college. It wasn't all small ball. It wasn't uh, shoot threes or get to the layup or dunk. Um, it was still mid range. It was still post up, play inside out. So, and especially our style of game at UCLA, it was more defensive minded, and then and then just run. And if you don't have it, okay, we're gonna slow it down. And we're gonna throw it inside and get something going. So the style of game for sure that the NBA is now is I mean it's catered to him he's so athletic he can go by anybody and I mean who can stop him
0: so you're a, whether you want to say a week or a month ahead of where we are in the United States with dealing with the quarantines and the and the coronavirus spread what is the TV show that you have binged or uh, any, any sort of tips on how to best uh, sp- spend the time staying quarantined inside
1: yeah I mean I honestly I would try to keep your schedule as similar as possible you can really get lost in just doing nothing all day and before you know it it's already dinner time so um still try to wake up at the same time come up with a few hour slots for different things i've been trying to read as much as possible Uh, i'm actually going to take a online class here soon the ivy leagues are offering free classes during this time so check that out that's what class what class are you taking I have it written down, but it's going to be something along the lines of marketing and uh, analysis. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I mean, somebody tweeted out the, the link for the free classes and wow, as soon as I saw that, I had to check it out.
0: That's amazing. That's a way to turn the, uh, the negative into a positive. You're going to like get a degree out of this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've, hopefully I can get a nice certificate from it. Um, so I mean, yeah, try to, try to stay as, um, as focused as you can. I know it's very difficult. And then obviously in the evening, you're going to find some free time to watch some Netflix or whatever.
0: Yeah. We're in uh, succession right now. I'm f- about halfway through succession and top chef here in the States. I don't know if you get it out there in, in Italy, but that's what I'm oh, into. For sure. Right
1: succession is unbelievable.
0: Yes. Don't give me any, sp- I'm like halfway through season two. So you're already done <laughs> okay. with through season two.
1: Yeah, I'm done. I watched it all. You're going to really enjoy it. Awesome. I can't wait.
0: Well, Michael, uh, thank you so much for, for joining the show and please stay safe and best wishes and best luck on the rest of your, uh, you and your wife's pregnancy here and best of luck on that due date before it comes after it comes best wishes, my man.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, this is James Ham. Check out
1: the latest purple talk podcast. As I was joined by Italian basketball reporter, Ricardo Pertici. We discuss the coronavirus in Italy and how important basketball is across the world. NBA is huge and is a way to spend time now these days
0: when we are, everybody's locked in. We find uh, on YouTube some uh, highlights, some old games and people share. Don't forget to
1: subscribe for free to the Purple Talk podcast on your podcast provider.
0: All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Haber Show podcast. I want to extend the largest, biggest, warmest thank you to Michael Roll. Uh, Wish him the very best as he and his wife bring in their first child into the world in the coming weeks. I want to thank him for taking the time and walking me through really Mm -hmm. what United States, what our lives might be like here uh, very soon. Best of luck to him and his family. And I want to wish everyone a very safe, and very smart. Uh, take all the precaution you can. Uh, time during this this circumstances, and please listen to your local health officials. And please be smart about this and cautious, overly cautious. Not just for you and the, your your loved ones, but for everyone else in your neighborhood, in your community, in your life. So please be mindful of that, and don't forget to. Subscribe, rate, and review The Haber Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Go check out the previous episode with Andy Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune. The beat writer explains what it was like to interview and be around Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz during that Wednesday night. And also my interview with CNBC's sports business reporter, Air Chemi, who explains and outlines the sports business aspects of the coronavirus scare in America. So tune into that. And until next time.